his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Incidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. State Senator Sean Ryan. Senator, good morning. Good morning to you. How are you today? Doing well this morning, Senator. Last time we spoke, it was uh, while the pieces of the budget were being put together, and it always comes back, uh, in, in the talking points at least, it always comes back to the electrification, uh, as some call it, or the natural gas ban, as, as others call it. So tell the listeners, how in the budget is the gas ban worded, and what does it mean for them today? Well, before we jump into that, let's, uh, you know, I know you've done the two hours on 514, which, which has been terrific. Uh, but it's also Mother's Day today, so I uh, hope everyone out there you know, remembers their moms, their aunts, their cousins, anyone else who's very influential uh, in, in their lives. And, and if you forgot till now, there's plenty of time to uh, go out there, get some flowers, and, and, and make amends. So, and happy Mother's Day to everybody out there. Happy Mother's Day, indeed. And, and uh, Senator, I actually got the, uh, the gifts on the way into work, so I was right in that camp that you uh, spoke of. It's, you know, it, it's never late as long as you get it done before the end of the day. So that's right. I, 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 I applaud you. I, I, I texted all my uh, nephews uh, yesterday morning and said, hey, you boneheads, don't forget what tomorrow is. Um, <laughs> and I got a couple of responses saying, well, what's tomorrow? So I think I'm glad I sent that message out. Yeah. And, they, and so are they. They should be very thankful. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But yeah. But on a serious note, you know, happy Mother's Day to uh, to all the mothers out there. So leading up to the, you know, since the governor's proposal um, about electrification, there was a lot of, you know, talk and a lot of worry and, and teeth gnashing. But, you know, we rolled back that whole idea that you can't replace your, your you know, your gas stove, your gas furnace. As you may remember, there was an original proposal to say that you can't buy a gas stove you know, to replace your current stove uh, in New York State after 2030. But we, we took that entirely um, out of the budget. Uh, that proposal, you know, didn't make it uh, to, to the finish line. So, you know, just to be clear, you know, there's no bans on, on replacing your stove. There's no bans on replacing uh, your furnaces. And, you know, that came about because, you know, people – had common sense questions in response to that proposal. You know, they wanted to know, is the grid strong enough? Uh, they wanted to know what programs would be in place to, you know, to make it so I can get a 220 line to my house. Uh, they wanted to know, how are you going to replace my furnace? What's going to heat my house? 
And I got to tell you, Joe, there were not a lot of good answers uh, for that. Um, so we're able to use that to uh, pull that proposal, you know, straight out. So we're very happy you know, with that outcome. Most Western New Yorkers heat their homes, heat their hot water, dry their clothes uh, on gas. So if there's going to be proposals to make, you know, whole scale changes, you, know, you better make sure you're looking at Western New York and how we currently uh, keep our houses going. So that is for houses that are still, you know, still standing. And if you want to replace, you can replace with gas for new builds. The, the questions that you just uh, brought up, how does that go for new builds? Is the grid strong enough? Do we have um, electric versions of, you know, furnace stoves that are just as good for new builds in New York State when this goes into effect in 2026? Yeah, the, the new build something is, is, is a different thing entirely. So. If you're building a house in Western New York right now and you're not on a on a gas line, uh, those those houses go up uh, electric. So Western New York builders know how to handle that, you know. Because remember, while I live on a, a a gas infrastructure, lots of people in Western New York don't have access uh, to natural gas. So they've been using electric and you know heat pumps and geothermal technology you know, for 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 a super a, a super long time. So the builders know how to do that. Um, that's sort of the smaller problem, right? Cause we have about, you know, 1200 houses get built in Erie County uh, a year, or at least permits get filed. Uh, but we have, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of existing homes. And, you know, to me, that's, that's the larger problem. Now, um, you know, going forward, 2035, I know this wasn't in this budget, but it is something that got brought up when all the talk was going on about gas stoves and, and gas furnaces. The um, 2035, there is going to be a decrease in gas-powered cars that can be purchased in New York State. Is that correct, or is that something that was talked about but not actually in legal writing? I can't check you on the year of that, um, so so I, I don't know. Uh, but, but here's what I do know. I do know that, you know, put people like, sorry, companies like Ford, they've announced, you know, the last year they're going to sell uh, gas cars and any New York state restrictions don't come into place until after that date. So, you know, on that one, New York state wouldn't be pushing the envelope or pushing the corporations. Uh, the corporations have already made their announcements and then we followed after them. All right. Um, now, something, so something to think of, right? That a company like Ford and General Motors already have a hard date where they plan on no longer selling uh, motors that that run on gasoline. It's really it's really unthinkable uh, you know, how how quickly you know the, the big three think this technology uh, is is moving that they've already announced. Uh, here's the cars we're going to sell, but they will not have gas engines in them. You know, I, Senator, I always say if I can get to Blacksburg, Virginia and back in the same time with an electric car as a gas car, sign me up for not having to uh, fill up my tank every week. I, I, that is and I think a lot of people are in that camp and, and hopefully that technology continues to uh, to come around. Well, you know, it's better because if you want to go to your uh, Blacksburg and, you know, you go to your Ford dealer and uh, that's the question you got to ask them. Right. If you're not going to be selling me 
gasoline internal combustion engines, uh, how am I getting to Blacksburg? Exactly, exactly. Now, uh, another thing you and I uh, talked about last time on the show was minimum wage. And, you know, uh, there was a Siena research poll that I brought up a few times in our last interview where a majority of New Yorkers say they would like to see the minimum wage adjusted with inflation. What does the minimum wage language in this new budget look like and what should we expect here in Western New York? Sure. I mean, minimum wage, it's, it's an interesting thing. Um, you know, New Yorkers of all stripes, uh, Republicans, Dems, you know, I- independents, you know, they all agree um, that minimum wage uh, needs to increase to really reflect what it costs to live uh, in, in different areas of the state. It's one of the few issues that has broad bipartisan uh, support. So right now, uh, minimum wage is I think fourteen twenty, and they're going to bring it up eighty cents in twenty twenty four, and then fifty cents in twenty twenty five, and then another fifty cents in twenty twenty six, and then from that point on, it's going to be linked to inflation. Now linking to inflation takes away the sort of political football of should you or should you not raise the minimum wage. And as you've seen, it gets stuck all the time. The federal minimum wage doesn't really reflect any reality anymore. Um, so So I support the indexing of this wage. It just keeps it out of the, of the, of the, the sort of political back and forth. So does that mean it's a number that's always fluctuating up and down with inflation or is it like is it certain quarters of the year once a year how does that fluctuation of the number look in relation to inflation Yeah I mean the Department of Labor you know will will look at it and they go backwards looking at a couple different economic indicators um and then if in fact you know they're satisfied of the accuracy then they'll They'll increase. It won't be on uh, a, a month to month. Um, I don't know, Joe, if, it, if it's uh, every six months or, or every year, um, but we can definitely you know, find, find that out. We're, we're a few years um, out for that. But this all goes back to the concept, right, of the people are out there working 40 hours a week. That job should be able to pay them enough money to replace the roof, and to take a vacation. And we find more and more New Yorkers are working 60 hours plus a week to, to establish that standard of living. So I always say we, let, you know, we want the old Harry Truman square deal, which is you get up every day, you, know, you strap on uh, your sneakers, you go work a full day. That job should pay you enough money uh, to, live, to live your life. And that's the kind of economy uh, we're growing. And on that same point, we know now very few companies are actually even paying the minimum wage. I mean, I went by Delta Sonic yesterday and there was a sign up there saying, you know, come, come to work today. We'll pay you $20 an hour. So it sounds like right now, minimum wage is actually uh, below, even with the proposals below what the market's actually paying. You know, and to that point, I know we talked about this last time, um, but, you know, you have these restaurants and businesses that have part-time work from high schoolers. And we, like I said, we talked about this, people 16 to 18, I would even say 16 to 20 if you count people in their first few years of college. 
Is there any way the state could make that a different minimum wage? Because a 16-year-old really doesn't need to be making a livable wage while they're, you know, in high school. And is that really fair to the, you know, small mom and pop shop that's just trying to stay in business? If we're going to make any exceptions, it won't be based on somebody's age. Um, Because what happens then is all the national chains just start hiring young people so so they could pay less. You know, we have some carve-outs in this bill for the, the farm community, uh, but we're not saying you can employ people for less money because um, we really don't want that society, right? That's not our economy that we want to make. Instead, we'll give them a, a tax credit. So we'll return to that farmer the extra money that they paid out uh, for that wage. So that's how we're looking at it. And we should also note the economy's changed significantly. You know, the number of teenagers in the workforce uh, has is shrinking and continues to shrink. You know, after we made it harder and harder to graduate from high school in New York, more kids spend more time studying rather than working part-time jobs. So if you go into these stores, you'll see more often than not, you know, it's adults working uh, stocking shelves in, in Rite Aid's. And in Wegmans, it's, it's not uh, high school kids of, of, of yesteryear. You, you know, and to the point earlier, you said you're driving around, and I see the same thing. Places are offering 20 an hour, 18 an hour over the minimum wage. Does that send the signal that maybe the state doesn't need to on, again, these maybe not so well-performing businesses to raise the minimum wage because the market's going to dictate it anyway? Well, it just goes to the idea of, you know, do we want to live in a – uh, you know, country with regulations or, or just market driven. So, you know, right now the the wage numbers look good for working people. Uh, but five years ago, if we had no floor that the minimum wage couldn't go below, you would have found a lot of people, you know, paying you know way under uh, ten bucks an hour. You know, that that's for sure. So, we'd like to establish the basic minimums that you can't you know go below, whether it's child labor laws. Uh, whether it's a minimum wage or basic health and safety, most employers, you know, come above that. Um, but we, you know, there is this part of the American economy, you know, these large, large multinational you know, corporations, the Wendy's, the McDonald's, you know, the Burger Kings. A couple of years ago, a, a, a big study was done, and it found out the taxpayers subsidized those massive companies, you know, to the tune of billion dollars of year uh, because their workers were eligible for Medicaid, they're eligible for free health insurance, for child care bonuses. You know, remembering these are all people working 40 hours a week. And it was almost like the American people were paying the HR benefits to these major company employees. And that's, that's what we want to get away from. We don't want to set up any incentive system you know, where these massive companies figure out how they could, you know, essentially skim money off of the taxpayers to keep their businesses going. We all remember the expose of, you know, at one point when Walmart was hiring employees, as part of their onboarding, they would give them applications for Medicaid and food stamps. Now, a company that has as much money as Walmart the last thing we want is to be paying their HR benefits out of the taxpayer's till. 
Senator, another thing in this budget that got a lot of discussion, I just want to know your thoughts on the bail laws in the state right now. Do they need to be reworked? Do they need more attention? How do you feel on bail laws? It's probably on the list, the second most talked about item on this budget. Yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, it's sort of an item that's been, that's been sort of politicized. Um, you know, anytime something happens, you know, it, it's, well, was it bail reform uh, that, that made these things happen? You know, the chaos of, of the pandemic. So there's a lot of unsettled data on that. But what we always said when we made these bail changes, you know, mind you, the changes, there's been no change in New York State for nearly 50 years that we were sort of behind. Um, but, you know, we said we're not setting these new rules in stone. We're going to be open to analysis. We're going to look at the data. We're going to talk to uh, criminal justice folks, law enforcement, districts, attorneys. So, you know, we've made adjustments along the way. This is, I think, the third adjustment we made. And I look at that more of a sign of responsive government. Um, and we're going to continue to make changes in the bail law based on the conditions, you know, on the ground. You know, we all know what we wanted to prevent. And that is we wanted to prevent people from sitting in the holding center for low level misdemeanor charges, just because they can't come up with the 500 or a thousand dollars for bail. You know, that was bad on, on several counts, uh, cost the taxpayers a lot of money to house people. Uh, it made it so people were being held for low-level uh, crimes you know, before they were adjudicated of whether they did anything wrong. Um, and, you know, it led to people losing jobs, losing houses. So um, it's an issue that's going to continue to sort out. But the failure of this system would be if we stop looking at it, you know, close our eyes, and uh, close our ears to uh, to the data and to what people are seeing on the ground. So I think this year was one more year uh, that that we responded, and we're going to keep doing so. And final question: you know, A year ago, the racially motivated shooting at Tops on Jefferson. We're going to talk to your colleague Tim Kennedy about this at eleven. Uh, but a year later. Are you satisfied with what the state has done in response? And what more do you think the state needs to do to not only address East Buffalo, but to address uh, letting, you know, a monster like this go under the radar and inflict the terror that he did? I would cut that into to, to two issues, uh, Joe. You know, one is you know, New York State's response to the shooting. Um, you know, we've had over 200 mass shootings in America just this calendar year. So, you know, we've got a problem in America. You know, it's every state is experiencing these mass shootings. It's people from different walks of life. Some shootings are are racist shootings. Some are anti-Semitic. And other ones are just absolutely inexplicable. So it's a real question of, what one state can do to stop these mass shootings. So we did the red flag laws in New York state, which we think would make it easier to identify a mass shooter like that kid from Binghamton under our old laws. uh, The school personnel couldn't have made a red flag application. And the application would have been this kid's threatening violence. We got to make sure we separate him from his guns. So I think that's one of the most important steps we took in New York State, 
separating people from their guns, making it so uh, if you're under 21 years old, you know, you, you, you can't buy a semi-automatic uh, rifle. Um, but those are the concrete steps that we uh, have taken as a state. But it's a national problem. Uh, we're going to keep doing what we can do as New York, New York State. But we, as a nation, we as Americans, you know, we need to look inside our hearts and figure out what's going on in America and why do we keep having uh, these, these mass shootings. And I'll answer your second question now about, you know, about East Buffalo. So for generations, we've allowed persistent uh, segregatory policies to, you know, live, live in, in Buffalo. So, you know, always the poverty rate on the East side was higher. The unemployment rate was higher. The health outcomes uh, were, were lower. Everything was wrong. And we ignored it. Um, but 514, I think, has put a spotlight, and there's been tremendous focus in the last 12 months. Uh, but the proof will be in, in the outcomes. Um, so if you looked at the last 10 years, there's been very little changes in all the economic indicators on the east side. So we need to look at that data, and we need to you know, commit to one more year and one more year at a time until the east side becomes equal, you know, with the rest of Buffalo uh, and the rest of Erie County. But we've got our work cut out for us to overcome years and years and years uh, of ignoring the east side and sort of putting our, our heads in the sand. So I'm up for the work, and, and I think a lot of people in western New York are. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.